Welcome to Potential You, where we help bring your vision to life by giving you access to some of the greatest minds and timeless strategies that have built successful organizations from the ground up. You can follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and every major podcast platform. Here's your host, my favorite man in the world, my husband, Alex Klott. Let's get it. Welcome to the review episode of episode two with Spencer Van. This is Potential You Review with Alex (laughs) and Tanae Klott. So... Excited. This was a really good one, babe. Wasn't it? Oh, yes. He's a freaking boss. He's a freaking boss, as my wife said. And he's said. so young. And he's a friend. I was just at his birthday celebration. He is turning. He just turned 24. Yep. 24. Amazing. Eight-figure company called surplusfund.com. Has done some pretty extraordinary things within the crypto space already. Is doing some really cool stuff in the NFT. Doing a lot of cool stuff. So all that to say, I really enjoyed this interview. Um, he's a good friend. And... There's a lot of gold in here. So, babe, what was what was some of your initial takeaways? Oh, my gosh. So many. I think I already mentioned how young he is. But if you think about, hopefully you all listen to this, but he started to have this internal drive at such a young age because he turned his pain into a purpose. So, as you mentioned, his brother uh, was diagnosed as autistic and that was severely autistic, super sad. Um, and then having to deal with some family things that he was going through, but he was a man on a mission and he wanted to buy his mama a house and he actually did it. And I think that's so wild is because of course we all want to be at that stage. I think most of us, but he said that he was going to do it and then he actually did it and he did it quick. So he got to work. Yeah, he got to work. I think that's what I really liked about this interview was like he had a dream for something like many visionaries do. And many of you listening, you have a vision, you have a dream, but he instantly realized there was a gap in knowledge. There was a gap in information mm-hmm. and instead of like sitting there and be like, oh, well, that's too bad. I guess I won't buy my mom a house because mm-hmm. I don't know how to do it. He actually just went to work and started learning and studying and getting to it, books, resources, online, learning about real estate. And within a couple of years, yeah. did it. Like bought his mom, a, bought his parents a house. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy to think, even when he talks about how he was in his like um, letterman jacket down the street in this real estate convention, right? Yeah, um, workshop. Yeah, workshop. With already had 70 pages full of information that just tells you the kind of guy he is. Like he came prepared, willing to learn. It's so wild. He was already learning obviously at school, but he took that next step to take responsibility, look within and actually educate himself, um, which I find so fascinating in itself. Yeah. And I think it's once again, identifying the common trait with people that win at big levels is they take personal responsibility for the vision they have and the Mm -hmm. gap that there is between what they know and what they don't know. And they get to work in figuring that out, like 70 pages of notes. Like if you don't have 70 pages of notes about the thing that you're learning how to do, then maybe it's not the right thing. Or maybe you need to check yourself and ask. What would I write 70 pages Yeah, like I need to actually like go and study. I need to go and like, if I'm really passionate and committed about this, I need to actually go and do the work. And initially the work is learning. And he did that in a couple of forms. He did that himself. And then he gained access to masterminds. He got involved in, you know, mentorships. And those are the things that actually fast track you towards success. Yeah. Talk on that because 
you did that since day one of us getting married. So I think it's important just to let the the listeners know about how incredible it is to become um, just a part of a mastermind in general. Yeah, I think I think it's it's about mentorship and it's about masterminds. So um, and that's really what it is. It's like a community of mentorship. And the reason it's so important is because and Spencer touched on it later in the episode, but he talked about your skill set and really successful people have a great skill set that they get paid for because nobody can take your skill set. You can lose your company, you can lose X, Y, Z, but you, nobody can take something that you've built as a skill uh, and nobody can take knowledge from you. It's the same reason why like a guy like Donald Trump can go bankrupt and the next year later, rebuild the whole thing back. Or if like Elon Musk lost all his money today, mm-hmm. you'd have it back within a few years because he still has the same knowledge, the same skill set. And so you've got to invest in yourself and so when we first got married, I mean, we were just getting started. We just started our first business and uh, we didn't have a lot of money, but you know, my mentor had a mastermind and it was filled with people who were 20 years older than me and way more experienced, way more savvy about business. I basically had to like, you know, beg my way into the mastermind because I knew that if I can get around people like that, I would, I would soon become like those people because I would get the information they're getting. And if I mm-hmm. could think like them, I could become like them. And if I could become them in my own version of it, I could do the things they did to get the results they had. And so find the mentor. I think the key thing here, and we, we saw it a couple times in the interview with Spencer is there was basically two or three mentorships that took him from zero to hero, zero to an eight figure company, like two or three people. And it was access that he had to pay for sometimes. And sometimes he just randomed into it. Um, like he showed up at a conference and met the guy in Crocs and cargo shorts. Yeah. And that was the so speaker. Awesome. That was his first but mentor. I loved that story because he even mentioned how he had to kind of muster up that confidence to even, I think, go to the restroom and like mingle, you know, yeah. like talk to people. I don't know if he went to the restroom no, to mingle, so but he might have. But you know what I'm talking yeah. about? He, he did say something verbally did, yeah. about, about doing that. So obviously it probably wasn't the easiest thing. He just may, may have been the youngest guy in the crowd. Um, and he pushed himself to do something he wasn't comfortable with. So getting out of his own box and talking to people around him and look what it, look what it did for him. So wild. Absolutely true. I love that. Um, there's a couple, love that? couple of, I do, I do love that. <laughs> there were a couple of other cool things he said. He talked about, um, a book called Cy- psycho cybernetics, highly mm-hmm. recommend checking that book out. Um, but he said that the book taught him not to get emotional about failure. And you might be listening, you might've failed in business, you might've failed in marriage, you might've failed in whatever. But he said, if you get emotional about it, you're actually preventing yourself from learning what you're supposed to learn from that lesson. And the book says there's no good and bad, only positive and negative feedback. So if what you did didn't work, don't get emotional about it because emotion actually can shut you down. And so what you wanna do is actually say, okay, I'm, I'm gonna put this feedback into a neutral position and I'm going to say, what did I learn? What do I need to learn in order to improve? What went well and what can be improved? Um, getting too attached to an outcome can actually hurt your ability to win in the long term. And ultimately, you've got to push through adversity. He, he quoted Eric Thomas, you've already put the work in. Now you just got to go get the reward for it. So it's kind of this idea of like, if I just play the game long enough, eventually I'm going to get my reward. And with a vision that you have, it's not always going to be and rarely ever is like quote unquote overnight success. It's usually 10 years before an overnight success actually becomes reality. So um, I really like that part. I like when he talked about 
habits, um, structuring a day where every day there is a three hour chunk where there's no interruptions. And I think that's brilliant. Like what time of day is that for you? Is it morning? Is it afternoon? Is it evening? And just registering one, um, what time that is and two time blocking it out. So I love mornings and that's my time. And would you say that's your time as well? Um, yeah, I would say like, and I actually, it's funny. He mentioned this quiz. Hmm. Oh yeah. The power I know, of when I, I actually it. took it today. You, what time? What's your time? Um, nine. It's like nine to like <laughs> two it. or three. Okay. Um, and so I've actually realized that I realized for me personally, and this is, I actually would suggest you guys go to this website and chew the meat, chew the meat, spit out the bones, but it's called the power of when.com. And it's a really quick quiz, but, uh, it basically puts you in these four different types of, you know, sleepers and when you have energy and stuff like that. So I'm a bear apparently, um, <laughs> which I didn't necessarily take as a compliment up front, but apparently I'm the majority of the population. And they actually structure structure the American workday around like that that time. So like I and I found that to be true. Like when I wake up, you know, it says like I should wake up at like seven a.m. and then I should go to bed at like a I think like eleven p.m. and then I should work from like said like nine to like three nine or nine to four yeah. something like that. And so for me, I'm like, yeah, my dream would be, you know, I wake up around seven. I do my morning routine, I, all the things in my personal life that I need to take care of. I start work at like nine. I go till maybe one thirty-two, and then I'm kind of done with all the things that take my highest form of energy. And then I, and I've actually already kind of structured my I life like, like that. I was just going to say that you do. You've already kind of done that, but now I have like even more ammo to like double down on it. Um, and you can't always control that, but if you can take the quiz and I think it'll be really valuable to everybody to kind of know when you function best. Cause some people, you actually need to be up early doing your thing because that's your best energy. Some people it's later at night. So it's actually good to know how your body is currently wired. It doesn't mean you're always gonna be wired that way. It doesn't mean you can't kind of push through, but it's better to know how you're naturally bent um, to get in flow with that. Absolutely. But kind of one of the last things that really stood out to me was this idea of people that play at a big level. Um, they play this, this really long-term game like Elon must mention him again, you know, anybody big, they didn't just have the first thing they did and it just blew up and it became like their big thing. They, they started with what they had and whatever they had, whatever was in their hand. I like to say, if you're faithful with what's in your hand, ultimately God will give you what's in your heart. And so everyone has something in their hand, whether it be a job, whether it be, you know, a, a small business, maybe it be whatever it is. And maybe if you don't really like it, maybe it's like a six out of 10 on the passion scale, but you know that it's in front of you. If you're not faithful with that opportunity, who says you're going to be faithful with your own opportunity? The Bible says, if you can't be faithful with what is another man's, who can trust you with what is your own? And so for me, I remember a job that I absolutely hated and it was cold calling realtors, and which is probably the worst thing in the world. And I did that, you know, 300 calls a day, but I was faithful there. And it led me to be introduced to somebody who then got a job at a startup that then got me that job at a startup, which then led me to all the other things that I've done. And so what do you have in your hand? What can you be faithful with now? And know that it's not, you know, it's not about winning the battle. It's about winning the war, long-term, long game. And uh, having that mentality will help you win. Every failure is learning. And even if you're losing right now, you know, in the long-term you're going to win. And that's what, uh, that's what Spencer said, put everything into right now. Any last words, babe? No, I think you both said them all. 
I think we did. We got to read that book. A, you bought that book, actually. I have the book. Yeah, yeah I have the book. I just need to read it. I need to read um, it. So with that said, this was the review of Spencer Van and Failing Forward. So if you have any feedback, any comments, uh, if you'd like this episode, make sure to like, subscribe, share, and hopefully this was helpful for you to learn how to implement some of the things Spencer talked about. Um, but we'll see you next time on Potential You.